Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet there are more than can be told. That's verses 4 and 5 of Psalm 40, which along with Psalm 54 are the psalms appointed for today, Friday, June the 4th, 2021. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm your host, John Green. Thanks for being along. We're continuing our studies in the book of Deuteronomy, um, the epistle to second epistle to the Corinthians, as well as the Gospel of Luke today. And so the, the, the theme today uh, more or less has to do with recognizing who we are, standing in proper relationship when we come stand before the Lord. As Christians, we come standing in the blood of Jesus. And so we are a child of God. We've been adopted into the family through our belief in the the fullness of the the gospel proclamation and that would be that that jesus was born of a virgin came into the world in order to save the world not to condemn it but through him that the world might be saved that his uh, sacrifice on the cross was was efficacious in atoning for sin for all time and that god's acceptance of his sacrifice is shown in his resurrection from the dead as the firstborn of the dead to come back into life and that then that he ascended to the father that he poured out the spirit upon us and that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end that that's the the way we stand before the lord at the, the throne of grace and judgment both is standing in that confession of his son so we make the good confession and we stand before the throne and, and we we have no fear because of the resurrection. We have no fear because Jesus is our uh, advocate before the Father. And so we stand in that place, but we should never lose sight of, of who we are and who he is. And, and that's the, the danger sometimes in, in Christian theology and in Christian worship can be we get so tied up in the imminent in, in the God with us part of it, that, that we lose sight of the transcendent. We lose sight of his greatness because of his goodness. And so we've got to balance those things all the time. Like I said, that, that throne is a throne of grace and it's a throne of judgment. And so Jesus has already received the judgment for those who believe in him. That judgment's already been passed. And he was found innocent in the end. We were found guilty. He was found innocent. And so it's, it's a throne of grace for us who are in Christ Jesus, but it's a throne of judgment for those who are not. And so we also have to remember how we got where we are. There's a basic humility. That, that's the posture that we should take when we come before the Lord. Yes, we can come before him with boldness. We come before the throne of grace. But at the same time, we remember who we are. And we remember that that righteousness that allows us to stand there with boldness and without fear is an alien righteousness, and it's something God did for us, not something we've accomplished on our own. Even the faith, Paul will say, is not mine. So if all of it is gift, then we need to respond to him in gratitude, and we need to respond to him remembering who he is and who we are. Yes, we are his children, but we are his children we never grow up into being his adults in some ways. I mean, you know what I mean by that. I mean, we're, we're never reaching his stature. That, that, those, that distinction will always remain in place, no matter how good, how wonderful, and how gracious he is. The other aspect of, it, of him is this judgment thing. And it's about justice. 
the sin must be punished, all those kinds of things. And so, so when, we, when we look at these lessons today, that's kind of where we're coming from on these lessons. These are the things that we're, we're exploring today is, is what is our basic posture before God? And our, our basic posture is, is that we are those who have received grace. And, and we've received a lot of grace. We receive grace every single day. There, there are a thousand different ways that we receive grace. I saw a Jewish prayer this morning that I thought particularly beautiful, and, and it, it had to do with just being gratitude. It, it's a prayer that they pray in the, in the assembly uh, after recovering from a serious illness or for the gratitude for completing a dangerous journey. And so you come before the Lord as the one, the the congregation, I mean, as the one who has passed through this thing, and you proclaim, blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the world, who rewards the undeserving with goodness, and who has rewarded me with goodness. And after you say that, then the congregation responds, may he who rewarded you with all goodness reward you with all goodness forever. And it's that's sort of that same basic idea about how we come before the throne. We don't come presumptuously. We come, we come with, with gratitude. And, and so in this Deuteronomy passage today, which is Deuteronomy 26, 1 to 11, um, Moses gives instructions for when you enter the land your God is giving you for an inheritance and you've taken possession of it and live in it, when you've begun to possess the land, then, then you're going to take some of the first fruits of the harvest. So immediately upon um, that coming out of the ground, you get some of the produce, I mean, and, and you're to take it to the place God will show, which ends up being Jerusalem, and you're to take some of that and put it in a basket and go to that place and go to the priest who's in office at the time and say, I declare to the today to the Lord your God that I've come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. It's that land flowing with milk and honey that's been promised. And the priest will then take that basket and set it down before the altar. And then we, you, the worshiper, is to say this. A wandering Aramean was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. In, in other words, the posture is, is that, that before you found me, I was part of a nation that, that, that was founded by a wandering Aramean, a, a, a man who is, who is nothing more than a nomad. And God did great things for him in taking him to Egypt and then in bringing us out. He did for us all these things we couldn't possibly have done for ourselves. And so when I come before you, I come before you with humility. Not like Cain, who brought his sacrifice, which was some of the fruits of the ground, just some of the stuff that he got out, not, not the best stuff. And that's what separates his sacrifice from Abel's sacrifice. He built, Abel brought the best of the, first, uh, of the first fruits of the flocks. And so he's bringing his best. Cain just brings some stuff. And here, as soon as the stuff comes out of the ground and there's, there's edible produce from it, then it's to be taken to the temple and say, hey, the first stuff that comes out of the ground, that belongs to him. Because I don't have any of this if it's not for him. And so it's the basic recognition that all we have comes from him. 
and on thine own have we given thee. So we're returning thanks. Not because God needs the sacrifice, not because he eats the flesh of bulls or drinks the blood of goats or eats the grain or any of those things. All of it belongs to him, and this, this is the recognition that it does. And so when we come to worship, we should bring our tithes and offerings too because it, it, all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. And that, that should be our constant attitude towards all that we have is that it ultimately belongs to him. All my gifts, all my talents, everything that allows me to make a living, everything that allows me to flourish in this world in any shape, form, or fashion means that I owe thanks to him. And, and it's gratitude is the way we need to live, not in this other sort of, oh, okay, I, I got this by the fruit of my toil, and therefore I, I'll begrudgingly give the Lord a portion of it. No, all things come of thee, O Lord. All things, 100% of all things comes from you. And so that, that's what is told here. And then you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. So the fact that this is a productive and capable land is completely due to him. And the fact that I possess it, that I can work this land, it is a gift and a grace. And that's the way we should treat everything in our lives. We should treat our family that way. We should treat our friends that way. We should treat our health that way. We should treat our jobs that way. Everything, everything, everything should, should cause us to give thanks for anything we're capable of doing. And, and in that gospel passage today, it's this um, incredibly well-known and, and well-remembered little parable that Jesus tells about that same thing, about that attitude that when we come before the Lord, you know, so, so he tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple. And so the, the Pharisee comes and prays. I, I'm, he stands off by himself and prays, I, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Well, there's your pat on the head. You're not like the worst people you can think of. Well, that, that's really not the point. The fact that you're not like the worst people in society is not the issue. The fact that you're not like God is really the issue. The fact that you're being presumptuous in the way that you come to the altar and, you, and you're boasting about your own accomplishments. You know, there, there are people who fast twice a week because they can't have food otherwise. They don't have any choice. But to fast twice a week is not an accomplishment for you to give up food. The, the fact that you give up food means that you have food. So it, it's, it's, you should be giving thanks for that, not boasting in your fasting. And the same with this, I give tithes of all that I get. Um, okay, oh great, so you give God, give God a portion of what you get. Well, that, that doesn't make you a hero. None of that makes you a hero. It, you, you came with zero gratitude <laughs> for anything that you get. You, and you're only comparing yourself to the worst people you can imagine. Well, bully for you. That's not how this works. You compare yourself to him. You compare yourself to the standard that he sets. Not, not this nonsense. But, it, but that's become the thing that, that becomes the criticism that God has of his people down through the ages, all through the Old Testament, and I believe now too, is, is that we, we do tend to take this kind of an attitude, and that's the reason the world looks at us and says, you're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. And, and you do this because of what you get. If, if I do this thing, then God's um, got to do this. He's got to reward me. If I do these things, then, then by golly, he's, he's bound 
If I say these things, he's bound to do them. I can bind God by my words. No, you got it wrong. That's completely wrong. It's a lie. It's not even a lie from the pit of hell because it's a bad lie. It's, it's one you can't even begin to imagine how anybody got that idea. But the tax collector instead stands far off. He doesn't come near. He stands far off and wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. Well, I, I'd rather be justified by him than justified by myself. Because you know what self-justification gets me in the end? Nothing. It gets me judgment, ultimately. But if I come before the Lord and I proclaim that I'm, that I'm a sinner, and it's not being obsequious, it's not trying to, to curry favor by, by being you know, more humble than the next guy. In fact, what, it, what Moses tells us at one point, and he wrote it, <laughs> that he was more humble than any man on earth. Um, but humility has a content. And it doesn't mean that he's obsequious before men. It doesn't mean that he grovels before men to, to get his leadership of the people. No, that's a gift given to him from God. And so he will stand in that leadership. He will positionally stand where he belongs. And, and yet, when he comes before the Lord, he comes as a man, not an equal. And so that this is the issue of how do we approach the Lord? Yes, we've been redeemed by him. Yes, we are his beloved children. Yes, he sent his son and his son agreed to come and willingly sacrifice himself for our sins in order that we might be with him eternally. But we do so on his terms and we do so as his children. We do so as those who have received grace, not accomplished anything at all. And so what we do is we willingly lay down our lives before him, as Paul says, as willing sacrifices. And the problem is those living sacrifices tend to crawl off the altar. You know, that's the old joke on that. So here in the, in the passage that, that he's um, speaking with the Corinthians in on this one, and, and I think this is the, well, we won't get into all that right now. But anyway, I, I, I believe that, that this, this 2 Corinthians is actually two epistles in one. And so here, it feels like he's wrapping up, right? Because he's, he's saying, he's, he's already challenged them yesterday on their giving for the support of the other churches. And now he's, he's told them that Titus has come and that Titus is speaking well of them. And now he's, he's saying, you know, he, he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he's going to you of his own accord. So we didn't just ask him to go, he wants to go. And then we're sending the other brother who's famous for, among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he's been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out the act of grace that's being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. He said, look, we're, we're just trying to come and do the thing that's honorable in the sight of God, but also in the sight of man. And, and, and that's that we're caring for one another, we're loving one another, and we're preaching the gospel every time we get an opportunity to do so. And then he said, we're also sending our other brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. And so it's the the servanthood of Paul and the servanthood of all these men they're sending out to the churches. They're, They're serving first the Lord and then they're serving the people of God by bringing these messages, by, by continuing to bring the gospel, but, but by showing up and by being present to these people. They're not standing among them as overlords. They're standing among them as those who desire to serve them and help them grow in grace, grow in knowledge, and grow in Him. That should be our attitude in all things towards all 
our brothers and sisters in Christ. We've been given a great gift, and it's our joy to share that gift and to share the fruits of our labors with others. And in that, we become more and more like Jesus by laying aside all claims we have to anything at all in order that we might attain the heavenly prize.